It's the 25th of April, 2021. And uh, now we have this opportunity to sit in meditation in order to bring our minds to peace. Uh, But before we um, start meditating, then we should think that now I'm sitting all by myself. I'm just alone. And then we place our right hand on our left palm, or the other ways around uh, is okay. Uh, left on top of right is all right. And uh, set our bodies up straight so they're not leaning off to the left or to the right. We close our eyes um, just enough and in a way that's uh, not strained. And um, throughout the day, we've received many kinds of uh, sensations, sense impressions. And uh, the mind has been thinking and proliferating throughout the entire day, always based upon me and mine. And we haven't really contemplated about that there isn't a me or there isn't a mine. But it's the nature of all things um, throughout the entire day that we've had that they've all arisen and ceased already. They all have this arising and ceasing nature. It's just uh, our minds, they don't know this. They don't see how these things arise and cease. They don't see how these things are not me. That they're just physicality, they're just mentality. And even though this is the case, the mind goes and attaches this knowing element. It clings onto them and gives this importance, saying that they are me, they are mine, and it does this without stopping. So avijja, this ignorance or delusion, produces all of these proliferation in the mind. It gives rise to sankhara, to these uh, conditioned phenomena, and then vijnana, sense consciousness, and then physicality and mentality, and then from that, craving, clinging. And it goes and produces these things constantly. So the food of avijja, what nourishes it, is the five hindrances. The things that we like, we find pleasurable. This gives rise to craving, and it's one of the hindrances. The amusement, the delight that we find in forms, in sounds, in odors, in tastes, in tactile sensations. These are things which or this um, liking and delight in them obstructs samadhi from arising. And um, it arises in the mind that is overcome with delusion. And this mind goes and attaches to them. And so like when our eyes see a certain form and the mind uh, likes that, we experience this uh, sensation. And so it says if we just see material things, maybe possessions or things that we use, and uh, we like those things, and this gives rise to delusion. Or like how we build a house, and when we build it, we construct it so that it's something attractive, beautiful, and convenient and comfortable to live in. Uh, But we attach to that and believe that it really is something beautiful. And we can attach to the clothes that we wear, that they're attractive clothes, or for monks, attach to the robes that we wear. We have uh, a certain attraction towards our triple robes, thinking that they're something nice and beautiful. 
But we need to be careful because if we have that and we die, then it's possible to get reborn as a lice in that set of robes. Or if we're attached to a house, then we may get reborn as a gecko in that house, that the mind takes birth right there. One time that a monk was eating and a chicken called out, and he looked at that chicken, and the mind went right towards that chicken. And so this attachment and uh, delusion, they give rise to craving. And this is uh, the food, what nourishes ignorance. So it's also the same uh, with aversion, not liking. It works in this way as well. It gives rise to vipava tanha, uh, this craving to not have or to not be. And this is also a kind of craving. And then there's the sleepiness that we experience and the proliferation about a sense of self. And so this is all to do with tanha, with craving. And these are all food for craving or food for ignorance. So we need to come to train ourselves in samadhi. And like when we sit and we have mindfulness over the in and out breath. And uh, we try to keep our minds here with this breath as it comes in and as it goes. And we can also use a meditation word as well. Or we can recollect the goodness that we've done and we think about this and this brings our mind to peace. We recollect all of the meritorious things, all the ways that we've sacrificed, we've give up, given up. And this brings the heart into a state of ease and stillness. And when it's still like this, when there's peace, then samadhi arises. So if we try to look at our minds and have mindfulness there right at the mind, and we see thoughts, and we know that these thoughts are not me, or we try to, to understand that, but the mind just carries on thinking, it just keeps on proliferating and going thinking, thinking on. What that shows is that our mindfulness is very weak. It's extremely weak. And so we're trying to have this knowledge here, um, looking right at the mind, but this proliferation, it's not stopping, because our mindfulness just isn't enough. And what's happening is that these thoughts, they're just dragging our minds on. And uh, there are these feelings or these sense impressions and the mind uh, likes them or it dislikes them and it proliferates on that and keeps on thinking. And uh, like we see a form or hear a sound or experience an odor or a taste or a tactile sensation, something that we like, something that is desirable, and the mind thinks on that. And uh, we try to have mindfulness, but the mindfulness just isn't there. It's not within our bodies. It's not within our minds. And so that shows that we just don't have mindfulness. And uh, we know that there is this proliferation going on, but our samadhi isn't well established. When the meditation happens in this way, uh, then the sense impressions and the mind, they're mixed together. So when we know that this is going on, then we need to try to teach our minds that these things, they're not sure, these things are inconstant. If the mind is proliferating about something that we like, something we find beautiful, getting attracted towards that, then we need to bring up a meditation object which will relieve that. 
just like how in the past we may have contemplated a suba, and we see that these physical forms, they're not beautiful. And so what is it that we're attracted to? Perhaps we see a physical form that's moving about and we find that movement very attractive. But we think that that's able to move in that way because of all the bones inside it. And if, uh, if the mind has energy, then we'll be able to, to see that, that there really is just, it's just bones inside. And if these bones aren't working well, then there won't be any movement. This body wouldn't be able to move to the left or to the right. And that is able to do that is because of the bones there and uh, the ligaments as well. So we teach ourselves these things, they're not sure because there are diseases that come up in the bones. There is bone cancer. And uh, really these bones, they're just a, a place for disease to arise. And they're not something beautiful. And so we need to contemplate in this way um, so that our minds can uh, be relieved of these thoughts and be brought into peace. And if the mind is thinking about the future a lot, then we should contemplate that this life must end in death. So what's the point in thinking about these things? Because I need to die. And uh, when we do this, then this can relieve the proliferation that's going on. But when the mind has already gone and attached to these sense impressions, it's already gone and become delighted in them, then it just can think and think and think. And what should we do then? Well, then we need to chant a lot, really establish our mindfulness within this chant and just go over it many, many times. Because when the mind just isn't with the body, and uh, there's all these thinking that is going on, and the mindfulness uh, just isn't there. There's a lot of feelings, emotions that are coming up, and sometimes these emotions can be very strong. These sense impressions can have a lot of power to them. So we need to chant. You can maybe chant the Padimoka, the monastic rules, and go through this very quickly without stopping. Or chant Itipiso and do this without stopping to pull the mindfulness back through this chant. And then when our minds are well established already, uh, then the thoughts and the proliferation that they have towards forms and uh, smells and sounds and odors, sorry, and tastes and tactile sensations um, will reduce. Uh, because these feelings, say the feeling of lust, of liking something, of being delighted, this squeezes the heart. And the feeling of being averse towards something, this also squeezes our hearts as well. It binds around our hearts and, um, and squeezes them. And if we're not, um, oh, we shouldn't just allow our minds to follow these sense impressions. We need to be really careful not to just allow our minds to go after them. Perhaps we think that our mindfulness is good already. Our samadhi is already well established and we're able to play around with these sense impressions. But we need to be careful because they're like a small fire, just a, a small flame. But if we let that go, then they can burn the whole house down. So we need to be very cautious because these things, they're the food of avijja, of ignorance. And if uh, we have 
If there's um, liking or disliking, if there's hate, it will. And the mind is getting distracted and thinking about many things, or there's confusion, doubts, or depression. Um, these become the food for delusion. They nourish our, our ignorance. And uh, so this delusion is not knowing, or ignorance, avijja is not knowing. It's the same thing as delusion. It's a dark quality. And vijja is knowledge. This is something that's bright. It's a bright light which comes into our hearts, which gives rise to this inner state of knowing, of awakening, this Buddha in our hearts. So we should train our minds so that they do have peace, to bring them with some kind of meditation object and establish our minds with that well. So like Anapanasati, taking up the breath, the in-breath, the out-breath, and we can also recite Buddha, Dhammo, Sangho along with that, or Buddhang Saranangachami, Dhammang Saranangachami, Sangang Saranangachami. All of these are okay, they're all good to use. And um, the great teachers, they often just say Buddha, that we should recite Buddha. But this is... But it really is okay for us to, to use any of these meditation words. Perhaps we say Buddha and we can recollect the meaning of that, um, the one who knows, the awakened one, the joyful one. And this is a means of engaging in Buddha Nusati, the recollection of the virtues of the Buddha. But if we doubt about that, then we can just use Buddha and that's fine. If there are a lot of thoughts going on and the mind just doesn't stay with Buddha, then we need to bring up a chant like Itipiso, and chant that um, many, many times until the mind does reach stillness and peace, until we become skilled at that chant, until it reaches the point where all we need to do is bring up this word Buddha, and uh, the mind reaches peace, and we're able to stay with Buddha, Dhammo, Sangha throughout the entire day. And the next we'll be able to just stay with this one word of Buddha throughout the entire day, that the mind will be well established in that meditation object. It'll be able to be brought to peace easily. And then when it's in this peaceful place, we'll be able to contemplate. And so the meaning of this word Buddha, the one who knows, the awakened one, the joyful one, we can contemplate that meaning. And so we should know what it is that our minds are getting deluded about and what the food for this delusion is. And this is the five hindrances. So we need to have mindfulness. We need to be very careful and cautious around these to not allow um, these to take over the mind, but to allow for peace to arise. And when peace does arise, then we can look at all the things that we are attached to, all the physicality and mentality, this body, for instance, and see that this is just something that is unstable, that is stressful, it's painful, it's not self. And we can see this clearly. And uh, wisdom can arise right here. But in the beginning, we do need to put in our efforts. And uh, the things which prevent peace from arising is really just this thinking, this proliferation. And uh, there's many things that the mind can proliferate about, but we shouldn't just allow this to carry on. Because if we allow these thoughts to go on and on, uh, then it will drain the energy from our heart. So we must pull our mindfulness back. 
tell ourselves that these things, they're not sure, these things are inconstant, pull it back. Don't just allow for this proliferation to carry on. Re-establish our mindfulness, and so that samadhi can become firm and strong. And uh, when samadhi is strong, then we'll be able to know and understand these noble truths. And uh, when sila, samadhi, and panya, this virtue, uh, collectedness and wisdom has energy, we'll be able to win out, we'll be able to be victorious. Uh, but if we're sitting in meditation, and the mind's just thinking and thinking, then we should know that, and we should know that what's happening is useless, that um, yeah, we, it's, it's just not bringing us any benefit. If we sit for 30 minutes or an hour, and the mind just thinks, then samadhi is just not coming up. So we need to find a path, we need to find something which can solve this, which can fix this. And so we can chant, and um, if there's chanting happening but we don't understand the language that it's uh, being chanted in, then internally we can recite Buddha, Dhammo, Sangha. And we do this um, so the mind can be brought into peace. And as we put in our efforts, then the practice should develop um, by itself. But this um, scatteredness of mind, restlessness, it's a very significant obstruction. And um, what should we do when the mind is uh, thinking and thinking? We need to try and find a way to overcome this. And uh, we need to establish our mindfulness and contemplate and so that these thoughts do reduce. If the mind is thinking in terms of delighting or finding pleasure uh, in things, then we can contemplate a suba. If it's proliferating about the future, then we contemplate death. If there's a lot of drowsiness, a lot of doubts, then we chant. If we're getting annoyed or averse, then we spread metta. And we think, well, what's the point in getting angry? What's the point in having ill will? If uh, there's a lot of doubt, that shows that um, there's delusion in the mind. We can ask ourselves, well, if we're doubting, will that doubt allow us to see the Dhamma? Will these doubts allow us to gain any kind of understanding? So we challenge them in this way. And we need to practice like this. We need to train ourselves like this. Uh, so may all of you set your hearts um, on this practice. <laughs>